Hello and welcome to the Pearl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, a stress reduction coach, and I'm all about helping you significantly reduce your stress so you can actually enjoy and thrive in your daily life. Now, today on the podcast, we're going to be answering uh, some of your questions directly from social media and my inbox about how to manage stress during COVID-19. So before we get to that, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is powered by ATB. This particular episode is brought to you by Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast. So you can't change the weather. I know that in Calgary all the time, but you can change how you feel about that. I actually completely agree. This podcast explores how the right attitudes can uncover the opportunities and potential in winter cities. I'm going to run the full trailer for the podcast at the end of the episode, so stick around to listen. Uh, But you can find Snow and Tell on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. So that's wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. So I do also want to tell you about another uh, member of the Alberta Podcast Network, one of our fellow podcasters. Uh, That's a thing. It's a sometimes uh, belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. And this is where Elizabeth teenslains her media to her mom, Karen, and Karen actually runs the Alberta Podcast Network. It's a really entertaining. It's, it's a really interesting one. One of their most recent episodes is called Broadway Babies, where they talk about uh, some of the current teenage fandoms for musical theater, and they compare it to sort of older experiences with the help, actually, of Kyle. Marshall of putting it together. So really great episode. I highly recommend you check it out. Okay, so oh, we're living in interesting times and I feel like that's the understatement of the year. Uh, I know I personally never expected any of this, the self-isolation or social, social distancing when I heard of coronavirus. I had heard about it, but I was like, oh, you know, more people get the flu. Like I genuinely was that person that said that and I kind of look at it now and I'm like, oh, silly, Victoria, silly. Um, but the world has changed and in drastic way for everyone, right? I can't really, other than World Wars, remember an event, and I obviously don't remember the World Wars, but I can't remember an event that has changed everyone, right? Like 9-11 was a big milestone, but that didn't change all of the world, right? That was a big change for North America. So this is going to be something that we will always remember. But I don't want us only to remember it for the stress that it brings. I want us to remember what we were able to do about it. So today's podcast is answering your questions related to managing your stress around COVID-19. These are all questions that came directly to uh, my Instagram and my my email inbox. So, so I really want to answer what's on your mind right now. Um, you let me know, like on Instagram or email me, Victoria at stresslessladies.com, if you want to see future episodes like this, or if you're like, no, Victoria, I'm like over hearing about COVID 19. I want to have other content. That's also fine. You let me know, okay? So, full disclosure for the next few weeks, these show notes and the editing may not be quite as crisp as usual. Uh, I'm you know, I'm working with half the time I'd normally get with kids at home. I'm currently up at 5am 
my voice might sound a little bit different because I'm trying not to wake my household as I record this at 5.45 a.m. And we're just doing the best that we can. So done is better than perfect. I still want to get this content out there. I still believe in it. Uh, it just, I might not have all the time to make it look great, <laughs> perfect, you know. So for the purpose of um, you knowing what to expect right now, the questions that I'm going to be answering uh, are all in today's show notes, which are at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast dash one five two. Okay, we're going to dive straight into it. So the first question was, <laughs> the economy is crashing. What are some techniques to forget for a minute? Oh, yeah, I've had a lot of these moments over. Okay, first, and before I even answer this question, I want to say whatever you're feeling is okay, right? If you are feeling like every day is a roller coaster, that's okay and that's normal. We've never been through this, so don't feel like you need to be a certain way because someone else in your life looks productive and you're like, I'm just barely holding it together. That is fine. Don't worry and judge yourself for where you're at. Okay, so with that off the table, um, some techniques to forget about what's going on for a minute. Very necessary right now, right? Because if we're constantly concerned and anxious, it is just going to consume us. And I had one of these days yesterday. And like, let me be like really clear, you guys, I'm a stress reduction coach, but I still get stressed. Like, I always tell you life is not without stress, clearly. Um, it's how you manage it. And so I was having an anxious day yesterday. Like I just felt like my heart was racing all day yesterday. And I had no reason for it to because we'd kind of gone through, you know, we'd called our mortgage broker, we've delayed our mortgage. So I felt like that was dealt with. Um, my husband had applied for EI, we have, you know, tried to figure out some of our other finances. So some of that was in place. And yet I still just felt like my heart would not slow down. Um, and so what if so what I needed to do, right, was to forget. I needed to get a break. I needed to go do something else. So my, I took my son out. My, we went for a walk in the field. There's no play parks that we can go to anymore. Uh, and, you know, we just played in the snow. And I did some things like there's a little hill. And, you know, I was dressed in my snow pants and my jacket. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to roll down like a log the same way that he does. I'm like, you know, I just... For half an hour, I got outside and I didn't have my phone with me. I wasn't taking pictures. I wasn't on social media. I was just breathing in the fresh air and walking around. And part of it was the movement, right? Like when you're moving your body and you're breathing in that fresh air, it does sort of calm your system. So try and do that. Like sometimes going for a walk by yourself is great. Sometimes it's what you need. And sometimes going for a walk by yourself is causing more stress because you're only allowing yourself to think about it right? So it entirely depends on what works for you. For me, it was helpful to go out with my son and just do the, you know, we splashed in puddles, we rolled down the hill, we did things that I normally, like the splashing in puddles and getting himself completely soaked, not something I would normally do. Because uh, I'd be like, no, don't get your snow pants wet. But today I was like, screw it. Like, let's just do the things and I splashed with him and just enjoyed. And I was like, oh, I've got all the time in the world in theory to wash these clothes now. So it doesn't matter. And that half an hour outside really made a huge difference to the rest of my day. So people often say like to get out of your head, get out of your house. 
go for a drive. Uh, go for a walk somewhere where you can get decent social distance. Um, you know, watch one of your favorite movies, right? Like last night I laid in bed watching like a cheesy romantic comedy uh, that I used to love when I was like a teenager. And I was like, it just made me feel good. It just made me feel fun. And it distracted me for a couple hours, right? Try and some of the ways to help forget are also to turn off your social media, right? I deleted Instagram from my phone for a few hours yesterday and it was very helpful. It doesn't take much to delete it, guys, because all you have to do to download it again is quickly go to the app store, download, and you're done. Like 60 seconds to re-download it. But to have a few hours without it and without checking the news and checking for updates, really helpful. Okay, so to round up, get outside. <laughs> do things like a kid, you know, watch a favorite movie delete social media for a bit, right? Do you actually need to be checking in or is that causing you more and more anxiety? Okay. So next question was, how can we manage the stress of people hoarding things? These images of empty shelves give me anxiety. Oh, I hear you, girl. Um, and the thing is, I think people think they're doing a service or, or are making a statement when they post these pictures of empty shelves. But what it does is it instills panic, right? Because we, you know, survival instincts want to have what we need. And we need toilet paper. Well, we don't need toilet paper, but we prefer toilet paper to other options. Um, but what it then does is cause panic. And that one picture could be from a store you never go to, or it could be from halfway around the world. And it makes you feel, and every other person that sees it, feel like you need to rush out and buy your stuff right now. So what I would say is, first of all, if you're seeing those on social media and it's causing you stress, get off of social media for a bit. Social media is going to be a blessing and a curse through this. It's a blessing to be connected to people. And to have different ways to, you know, get on Zoom and connect in those different ways. Uh, it is a curse in that it may spike your anxiety. So you're going to have to be very purposeful about how you use it. Um, so one of the things maybe you can encourage via social media is share the good stories of what you're able to do when you go to the grocery store. So I went one night at 8.45 p.m. And there were not that many people in the store. I got everything on my list. Uh, I didn't get some of the brands that I normally got, but I got everything on my list and it didn't look chaotic at all. The one uh, shelf that had pretty much everything gone was flour and sugar. But I was like, Do you know what? I can live without flour and sugar for another week, right? It's not the end of the world. Produce, there was tons of it. Eggs, milk, tons of it. Meat, some different kinds that I, some different cuts I normally wouldn't have had, but everything you need is there. You are not going to go hungry. And as, as for your bum, you know, there are other ways to deal with it, <laughs> but like talk to the people around you. I'm sure people can lend you a toilet roll or two, but start to encourage people sharing the good stories on social media of going to the grocery store. Okay. And, and if that is still too stressful for you, just like be off social media for a little bit. Sounds good. Okay. Financial stress. What do we do about it? Um, I get this. Oh, I get this so hard because 
my husband lost his job temporarily, we hope, but he works in the event industry, so there are no events right now. Uh, you know, we very much hope he will get hired back in a few months when things turn around. And then I do public speaking and workshops, right? So those have dried right up. So we feel this directly in our household and our day home is still open because you're allowed to have day homes open right now. Uh, six kids or less. So we still have that big expense going out the door because we can't stop paying our day home if we don't want to lose our spot. And we don't want to lose our spot because it's a really good price. Uh, it's a lovely day home. You know, there's all these factors into why we're not pulling our kids out of day home right now. Even though they can't really attend right now because one of them has a perpetual funny runny nose. Anywho, um, there's this really great IGTV by Mel Robbins that I want you to check out. It's like five steps on how to manage your financial stress and fear right now. So I'm just double checking. Yeah, it's Mel. Yeah, at Mel Robbins on Instagram. And if you scroll down into her feed, it is an IGTV that says five ways you can stop financial anxiety. So in it, in the Coles Notes version, um, she talks about, we have to be able to accept that this is our new normal, right? And if this, what we're going through right now, the, the, we may be out of jobs or we may be self-isolating or social distancing and say it has a financial impact on our life for the rest of the year, right? Say this is our new normal and this is the new budget and the new financial reality we have to live with. What does that then look like? And instead of being scared of it, go into action oriented mode right? So she talks about taking out your budget and taking out your bank statements and highlighting every single expense on there and looking at what can easily go, what can't, and then the ones that have to stay, can you call your service providers and negotiate something different, right? Because the thing is, we are all in this together. So like I called my bank and it wasn't an issue, right? Because everyone's doing it. Uh, you know, we, we're in pretty good standing with our credit and so they were okay for us to, to defer that. Um, and you know, if I can start paying it back sooner, we'll pay it back sooner. It's, everything's a little different now, right? So she gives you these five tangible steps. I'm not going to remember it all right now. Plus I do want you to go check it out. Uh, she's a phenomenal coach and it, everything that she's saying, it may not take away all the anxiety, right? Like I told you just yesterday, I was just feeling anxious all day, even though I had done all these things and dealt with the big ticket money items. Um, the, the just uncertainty of what's going on is going to cause some of that extra, extra stress anyways. Okay, so go check that video out on her Instagram at Mel Robbins IGTV. How to talk to kids about COVID-19. They're really scared. Um... This came up on my Facebook Live last week of someone saying that, you know, their kids were really, really scared of getting COVID-19. And their kids were a little bit older, right? You know, seven, eight, I don't know, up to teenage years or whatnot. Um, you know, my four-year-old is not really aware of what's going on in the same way. You know, we talk about germs and, you know, needing to keep additions because some people are sick right now. And like, for the most part, that's fine enough information for him. Um... Again, I'm going to refer to Dr. Jody Carrington. So she is a clinical psychologist um, who deals with children a lot and also the big people, right? So 
one of the things that she always says is that yes she works with kids but the people she's concerned about are the big people so she normally works with teachers and educators um but in this case the big people are the parents right of these kids so first and foremost we need to be okay right and I'm not saying that looks like you need to be perfect all the time. You need to not show emotion. You need to not show fear. I'm not saying that. I 100% cried in front of my kid this week. But the key part, and, and Dr. Jody Carrington talks about this all the time, is showing them how you come to the other side, right? So I don't just let my kid see me cry and then I go away and then I only come back when I'm okay. I show, like he sees me kind of do the things that I tell him to do, right? The taking the deep breaths, the the having a hug, the, the, you know, wiping the tears away from my face and feeling it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So he sees the whole process, even if he doesn't understand exactly what's going on, he sees the recovery. So he doesn't just see distraught and then back to normal, right? He sees A to B in the progression. So first of all, don't expect that you have to be perfect around your kids. So Dr. Carrington talks a lot about regulation, right? And this is something that honestly works is for adults and kids, right? Regulation is when you're kind of in that like neutral state. You can, you can regulate your emotions. You're not going from highs to lows, uh, or you're not spiking highs to lows that frequently. Or if you are in a high, you can bring yourself back pretty quick. Um, so kids, easily get dysregulated, right? You know, tantrums, if you've ever seen a kid have a meltdown in a grocery grocery store, that is dysregulation, right? But adults get dysregulated too. Um, And this is a prime time for us to get dysregulated because our normal is different, right? And so finding that new regulation baseline is a little trickier. And so before I talk about how you actually talk to the kids about COVID-19, you need to work on how to regulate yourself as best you can. So honestly, I've been saying this like on social media a lot right now, self-care is a non-negotiable right now. Self-care will be your survival right now. So whatever that looks like for you, right? I'm not going to say I haven't had a drink in the past couple of weeks. I'm not going to say I haven't had chocolate in the last couple of weeks. Those things have happened 100%. I'm trying to make sure that they are not my go-to coping mechanism though, right? It's the getting out for fresh air. It's the getting into my bed even if I'm not sleeping as well. It's the uh, trying to get enough sleep, not drinking too much caffeine because I want to get the good sleep, right? Um, you know, trying to get my veggies in there and some sunlight and moving my body and all the things right? Or having a bath or having a hot shower. Um, Self-care looks different for everyone right now, right? Some of the things that you normally love to do, you might not be able to do in the same way. So find a variation of it, right? Like I love to talk to my mom and I can't really, uh, you know, I just want a hug from her right now. And I know you probably do too for whoever that person is in your life. You're like, I just want to see them. I just want to see them face to face. I just want to hug them. And we can't do that right now. So what is it something different that you can do instead? And can you stay connected in other ways, right? So as in talking to kids about COVID-19, first make sure that you're doing okay about it. And then 
I'm going to direct you again. I'm going to link to that episode that she just did on talking to kids about COVID-19 because she's funny. She's so, so funny. But she talks to kids about like, uh, she talks about, you know, referring to it as the corona and uh, and making it something because she's like, even for adults, if you refer to it as that, like you can't be dysregulated when you're laughing and you're having, you know, it's funny, right? And that might seem like, oh, you're not taking it seriously. You're not whatever. Well, it's like, you know, we need some joy. We need some levity. And instead of seeing it as this looming thing, give it give it a funny nickname, right? Um, talking to them about it, be as age appropriate as you can, right? But, you know, when I hear people say their kids are really scared, that indicates to me that they are really scared understandably so and their kids are feeding off of that energy right so unless their kids are on social media and seeing all of this like unless they're older kids seeing all this information out there um then they're hearing that from us right they're hearing it from us or from their friends or because we're playing the news all the time right they're not getting that from nowhere so what can you do to create a safer environment for them right do you not watch the news until they've gone to bed or do you watch it when they're like busy playing video games or whatever? Um, do you, how do you talk to them about it? How do you make this time like fun and light or just relaxing for them? Right. And there's, so they're going through major changes. Well, if your kids are in school, they're obviously not in school now. And now you're the one homeschooling them. And it's like, Oh my God, what's that going to look like? It's wild just do the best you can. You don't have to be an educator, right? Nobody is expecting you to teach your kids perfectly right now. Nobody. Like that is not what this is. We have educators for a reason. If your kids are on your screens, like mine, we went from an hour of screen time a day to five. And like, that's fine in my book. Like, I saw a meme going around of like, you know, the one piece of medical advice I'm not going to listen to right now, it's the uh, screen time limits for kids. And I was like, hell yes, I am not listening to that at the moment. Because like, if, if they didn't have that screen time right now, I wouldn't be okay. Right? Because I wouldn't be able to get anything done. I would feel like I couldn't get a break from the everything that's going on. So it's like, I have to be okay. That's most important. Right? you have to be okay. That's the most important. Okay, so it's how you make them feel, not necessarily what you say, right? Okay, next is how to not get overwhelmed with kids at home. I hear this so much. Even though my day home is still open, my kids are at home because one of them has a runny nose and it's like zero tolerance for anything. And if you're a fellow parent, you know that runny noses can last for like six weeks. So, um, If you are at home with a partner, even if they are working from home, you're going to have to trade off, is personally my opinion. My husband and I try and trade off for a couple hours at a time so that, you know, we we do have times when it's the two of us with the kids, um, but for each of us to get a break, right? Whether that's to work or work out or just get out of the house or to do a chore, um, just a break, right, is really helpful. We're not stay-at-home parents, so this is a huge adjustment for us. Um, embracing the screen time (laughs) has been a big part of that. Having a rough routine, right? And also in terms of not getting overwhelmed, we've had to be very 
choosy in which hill we're going to die on right now. So what I mean by that is, you know, I have a four-year-old. Everything could be a battle. And it's like, ugh, it doesn't matter. You want me to put on your boots and you don't want your dad to put them on? Fine, whatever. I don't care. Um, you want to watch the show that I absolutely hate? Fine, I'll be over here in the corner. Um, you want to read three books instead of two? Fine, whatever. Like, I'm not saying give in to them on absolutely everything. But really, which hill are you going to die on right now? Which fight are you going to get into? have that like what power struggle actually matters so think about that um and then in terms of not getting as overwhelmed especially if you're doing the homeschooling there's some really great information going around about how like educators first of all they're trying to get it together to get your the courses and information online they're figuring this out in like microseconds right so so give it some time you don't have to be perfect right now you know, if you're doing an hour of schoolwork a day with them, awesome. And then they learn just by being with you, right? Like, I, I, I used to be involved tangentially with this program called Open Minds, where it was kids would go to a site for a week. Um, so like a zoo or a museum or um, a conservation place. And they would have these journals. And it was all about learning through experiences, right? And I remember seeing the kids at the zoo one day and they were learning about construction at the zoo. Like they were just talking, they were looking at the penguin exhibit and they were talking about how would you have to build like, like it was all question based and inquiry based. And then you kind of describe through then. So like, how would you like, why would you need to build their their pen in such a way so they could get outdoor and indoor space? Why would that be important? And what would you have to, what do you think is actually under some of these structures to hold them together? You know, those questions get kids thinking in a way that like just reading from a textbook doesn't. So don't feel like you need to know how to like carry the one in the math, right? Like if I had to teach my kid long division right now, sorry, if I had to teach my kid long division right now, we'd be having issues. Um, They're not school age, but that comes with other challenges, right? In that like they constantly want to be with you. So every age right now is going to provide its own unique challenges, but you do not have to be their teachers. Give them some of the base information and let them learn through life with you. Just find these tiny pockets of moments for learning and do that. Um, You know, read more books with them. Whatever. You're not, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's in the same boat, right? You're all trying to work from home and teach your kids. Uh, Just do the best you can. Or you're laid off and you're like, I just don't have, like I emotionally am not there to do it right now it's okay, right? Do what you can, the rest will come. Any, are there any new habits, routines, or epiphanies that I am particularly enjoying as a result of this? I like the way this question is framed. Um, any new habits? Um, so I would definitely say I'm moving my body more than I normally would, um, or more intentionally than I normally would, right? Like normally I would work out every, I don't know, maybe three to four times a week, three, let's be honest, three, two to three, uh, something like that. And I would walk a bit. Um, Now I'm intentionally moving my body every single day because it helps bring my heart rate down because it helps ease that anxiety and that tension. Uh, It is just, it has to happen. So in many ways, that's a new habit that I'm quite pleased with. 
um, new habits. I'm getting up early in the morning, Monday to Friday, to get my work done. So it does feel like I've gotten stuff up, finished early on in the day, which is good. Um, epiphanies. Um, there is a little epiphany, actually. So I was out yesterday with my son. Uh, as I said, playing in the snow and I didn't have my gloves with me because I just couldn't find them anywhere. And it was, it was like one degree, so it was fine. And maybe I'm getting all woo woo on you here, but I picked up some snow in my hand just a little bit and I watched it melt on my fingers. And I was kind of like, it felt like a metaphor for everything that's going on right now. You know how when if I had a glove, the glove would ha wouldn't have the same kind of body heat right now. So the snow would stay on my glove for a lot longer. But because it was my hand, the snow melted right away. So what I, where I'm going with this is what's going on right now is can be scary and cold, right? So let's imagine the coronavirus is the cold snow. If I respond to it with fear and with cold, like I was wearing gloves, then it would stay cold. But if I respond to it with love and heat and empathy and warmth, like my hand, it melts. Maybe I'm going like really far away and you're just like, what the heck, Victoria? Like you're just whatever. Um, but to me, I was like, this just felt like some such an epiphany for me of like, bring the warmth to this, bring the joy to this, bring the compassion and the empathy to this and everything's gonna be okay. So like my husband was at the grocery store the other day and he was getting so frustrated because the woman in front of him was making the clerk um, check everything, like scan everything from her cart. Like she wouldn't put anything on the belt and he was getting so frustrated and he was texting me and I was saying like, give her some compassion. She's scared. Like she's just scared that that, you know, belt at the grocery store is going to have um, COVID right? She's just scared. And when you're able to look at it with compassion that way, there's less frustration, right? Um, a lot of what's going on, a lot of the, the anger or the frustration or any of that that people are feeling, if we brought some empathy and some warmth to it, it would dissipate. So that was kind of my epiphany of just bring the warmth, bring the joy, bring the compassion, and everything is going to be all right. We're all in this together. So those are some of my new habits um, and my little epiphany. What are the most joyful things that I've discovered through this self-isolation process? Um, honestly, and this is weird to say, but family time. And my husband and I were saying this the other day, is that we normally, you know, again, working parents, we would see our kids for a good chunk of time Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday would roll around and we we're like, day home, yes, we're dropping them off. Um, not that we don't enjoy time with our kids, but like it just feels like honestly going to work sometimes is less stressful or energetic than uh, taking care of kids. And so with today being day 14 that we're home with our kids, that's essentially seven weekends back to back to back to back to back and we've done it and yes there have been stressful moments a hundred percent but there have also been such joyful moments right like last night I was laying on my belly on the floor on the carpet like just tired and my daughter climbed onto me and grabbed the back of my t-shirt and she said horsey 
and she, and, I, and she just started like pretending I was a horse and it was really funny and it was really cute and then at one point <laughs> I was in my bedroom and I covered myself with a blanket because I heard my daughter was coming down the hall and she's like less than two right and I, I was peeking under the cover and I could see her looking around the room and she doesn't see me and she then she starts playing with the vacuum cleaner and I made a noise like ah. and she kind of you just see her look around like what was that what was that she can't see me and she goes to the bedside table and she's looking at something and I go ah, and she's, she just jumps again and then finally she starts to walk out of the room because she doesn't see me and I call her name and she kind of like she just squeals with joy when she realizes like I've been hiding under the blanket you know those moments oh, I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying those and my son is such a storyteller like yes he drives us bananas sometimes because we have power struggles but he's also just funny he tells such good stories he's such a hugger he loves like those moments have been great have we also had moments of like trying to get him like force him to wear his pjs or force him into his snow pants so that we can get outside because i know it'll be good for him it'll be good for all of us but he doesn't want to leave the house Yes, we've 100% had those moments, but I'm choosing to focus on the moments that have been so sweet and so special. So when you see people on Instagram who are sharing those good things, and you're probably like, ugh, like, they're choosing to share that to f- partly just to feel better, right? Um, so no, it's not that their lives are perfect on the inside, on the you know, in their day to day, it's that that is what they are choosing to share uh, to make themselves feel better. So what can you choose? What can you choose that will make you feel better right now? What's the perspective that will help you get through this? Okay, so that's all the questions that I have for today. Um, If you have more questions that you want me to tackle in the future, um, let me know. You can go on Instagram and message me there, or you can email me victoria at stresslessladies.com. Or again, like I said before, if you want to see non-COVID related content, you can let me know that as well. And just say, hey, I want to break from all of this. And like, I want to do whatever helps you guys out. So next week on the podcast, we're going to be joined by Jessica Jansen, who's going to be talking specifically about how to bring the joy. It's going to be really, really good. Now, if you are listening today, March 26th, tonight, I am doing a webinar uh, called Keeping Calm Throughout the Storm. So this is all about how we're going to manage our stress going forward. What's the mindset that we can take on to manage this? And there's going to be a lot of downloads that you're going to go home with. It is $15, but all of the proceeds are going towards the Calgary Food Bank. So if you want to register, uh, the link will be in the bio for this. Now, also, uh, if you're like, hey, I can't attend that live, don't worry. If you register, you're going to get an access to the replay. So you know, food for thought there. Uh, and it is all the money is going towards a really great cause. Okay. So I think that's it for t- this week. Uh, thank you again for listening. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to play that trailer for the snow and tell podcast. Thank you so much. Just take care of yourselves right now. Okay. All the best. It's not a spoiler alert. Winter is going to be here for a good chunk of the year, every single year. For some people, the very thought of winter is enough to send chills down their spine. But for others, winter is a season full of beauty, of adventure, of racing down the ski hill or snuggling by a roaring fire. I don't want to be inside during the winter. 
a season of contrast, light and dark, fire and ice, cold and warm, a season full of potential. Part of the lighting design process is making the informed decision of not to illuminate something. If we have everything lit, then it just might look like a greenhouse where we're all tomatoes trying to produce work. And every day, more and more cities and people are coming around to seeing the possibilities of winter. The way that the city streets are being used is changing. I'm Sue Holdsworth. And I'm Isla Tanaka. Welcome to Snow and Tell, the Winter City Podcast. Together, we'll talk to specialists and thought leaders. We'll hear stories from everyday people, just like you, about their wintry trials and tribulations, triumphs and transformations. We can't change the weather, but we can change how we feel about it, how we design for it, play in it, thrive in it. I mean, we're all jubilant when we have a little exercise. We can hibernate or we can choose to change our thinking and actually plan to make winter a better experience for everyone. There is no such thing as bad weather. It's bad clothing. Join us as we learn how to make our cold cities cool. Find Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast on your favorite podcast service or online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. I've learned over 70 years how you can get along really well outside in Edmonton, no matter what the season is. Mm-hmm.